My scripture this morning is taken from the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, uh, verses 1 through 3 and verses 8 through 16. Uh, we're going to be in Hebrews for uh, several weeks as it's part of our lectionary text. And uh, I just thought it would be really great. So hear now these words. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith, our ancestors received approval. By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what it is seen what was made from things that are not visible. By faith, Abraham obeyed uh, when he was called to set out for a place that he was set to receive as an inheritance. And he set out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he stayed for a time in the land of, uh, in, in, a, in a foreign, uh, the land he had been promised, as in a foreign land, living in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith received power of procreation, even though he was too old and Sarah herself was barren, because he considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore one person, and this one as good as dead descendants, were born as many as the stars of heaven and as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. All of these died in faith without having received the promises, but from a distance they saw and greeted them. They confessed that they were strangers and foreigners on the earth. For the people who speak in this way make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of the land that they had left behind, they would have had the opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Indeed, he has prepared a city for them. May God bless the reading of God's holy scripture. Amen. In this magnificent chapter that describes faith's ability to see God's promises that transcends generations, obstacles, and criticism, we are given an example, Abraham. Abraham trusts God's promise and is able to produce the first link of God's purpose, Isaac. And so enamored with God's ability to substantiate what God has personally promised him that Abraham could even give his son Isaac back to God as a goner. Convinced that God would even raise Isaac from the death in order to fulfill his promise. This passage of scripture is something that matters to us today. It gives us a new way of looking at 
the way that, uh, what is the difference between faith and our daily life? So what is faith? One definition is it is the confident assurance that what we hope for is going to happen. It is the evidence of things that we cannot see. Some philosophers would say it's the idea that when you wake up in the morning, you know that the sun is going to rise in the same way that at the end of the day, the sun will set. We have faith that that will happen. We know deep down inside our very core that no matter what happens on earth, that will happen. In this passage of scripture, the Greek word pistis is used. It's the difference between faith or trust or a belief or the quality of loyalty or faithfulness. Sometimes in this chapter and the next, pistis is related to or connected to the assurance or the endurance. Maybe an understanding of a firm hope where faith strongly involves the quality of human embrace and trust and tenacity. In verses 11 through 16, this becomes the second section of Abraham's faith story. Where the land had been promised, now we come to the faith that looks towards posterity that moment of a very great nation that God will bring forth through Sarah and Abraham. Hmm. We need to talk about the structure and the history of this book. We know that the book of Hebrews was written by uh, someone that is trying to connect the past with the present. This group of people that had been brought up for centuries to believe that this understanding of the Torah had come into a way of living life amongst them. And there's a, there's a misunderstanding that we in the 20th and the 21st centuries have with this culture. You see, the part that we struggle with is, is that God cannot break promises. And I, I feel like sometimes I've beat this until it's like almost like it's a, I'm beating a dead horse. But there, there is a sense here that we tend to forget that God can't, will not, and never has broke any promises. God won't break promises. Humans do that. That's a human function. God makes this promise to Abraham in such a way that says, I will make your ancestors outnumber the stars in the sky and the sands of the sea. And Abraham's faith lets him know deep down to his very core that that's going to happen as much as we know that the sun's going to rise and set. That deep type of faith, that deep understanding of promise you see, Abraham's world was not that different from us. 
There was angry and hurtful people at the time of Abraham. There was illness and sickness at the time of Abraham. There was floods and famines and people starving left and right in the time of Abraham. Does it sound familiar? And yet Abraham's faith was so deep and devout that there was no wavering in this understanding. There's a, an understanding that God will provide. Why? Because God does not break promises. St. Francis has this beautiful statement when it comes to moments where we question what's going on in our life he says whatever happens abide steadfast in the determination to cling simply to God there's something powerful to recognize that our faith can see us through all of the obstacles thrown at us that this promise that God has made to and for us isn't going to break, it isn't going to change. The world will. Anger will happen. People will get upset. Things will go crazy. But God's faith is unwavering. What do you mean, Josh? You were just talking about Abraham's faith. Yes, but God's faith in us is unwavering. Jesus comes and says, those who believe in me will accept and inherit eternal life. Because God had faith that those that believed in his son would do better. They would change the world. God believed that deep down that everyone that believed that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of God, our living Savior, that we would change our path. And this is where it gets cool. The promise made to Abraham's lineage was then extended to the people that were standing around that might not have grown up with this one God belief system. And that love that God had for all of God's creation is being taught, is being preached by Jesus in all of his, his miracles and all of the things that he did. And he says very simply, when you do these things, you do this in remembrance of me. It's not a statement of inactivity. The challenge that we face in today's culture, and like I told the 815 group, that it's hard to not get on a soapbox about this passage of Scripture. It's not about inactivity. It's about the opportunity to serve God with the faith that God would provide for you. Give you what it is that you need. If God made the promise that through these things you'll inherit eternal life, then we have to have the faith that that's going to happen. But that's not where it ends. 
right? I think there's part of the problem that we all tend to forget is, is that, you know, I, 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 try, I try very hard not to bring my children into my sermons. It's, sometimes it's harder. I think it's harder here lately because I have one that's going off into the world and I have one that's just beginning a different one. I know that growing up, uh, watching them, uh, I, I, you, 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 you raise them differently. Anybody that works with kids knows that even if you have three kids in one household, you're going to have to talk to them differently. Each one of them is going to have a different path. So one, you have to be a little firmer. One, you have to be a little softer. One might need hugs. One might need a handshake. One, you might be helping pack the car as they're going off to a new place while the other parent or family member is helping unpack the car before they leave to that place. And all of those things we have to have faith that God will provide for them. That God's promise is there, that God will protect them in all catastrophes, in all moments of doubt and fear that God has not, will not, and never will abandon us. Why do we know that? Because of Jesus Christ. No matter what the world throws at us, we know that that promise has been extended to us. But we're not supposed to sit on our laurels once we've received that gift. Our job is to serve God's people. We have widows and orphans that still need to be taken care of. We have people in our community that need to be taken care of. Not to, for the glory of, of ourselves or First Christian Church of Perry, but for the glory of God. And know, and, and know deep down with every fiber of our being that when we do these things, we do it because God has given us the ability to, we get to be there for others. You are the promise of God. You have been given the task to be the ambassadors of Christ in this world. And yeah, it's terrifying. But God will never leave you alone. It's the kind of faith God values seems to develop best when everything fuzzes over. When God stays silent and the fog rolls in. We find that faith is in Scripture is a gift. We see this in 1 Corinthians 12. We see its cousin, faithfulness, is also a fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5. It's hard for us because I think so many times in our life we are still wandering around in the desert asking God to provide us the Holy Land. 
even when we knew that God helped us in the exodus. In this place, we recognize that God has given us assurance, given us the strength to endure. And it's through that firm hope that faith strongly involves the quality of the human embrace and trust and tenacity. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus is the cornerstone, came for sinners to atone, though rejected by his own, he became the cornerstone, Jesus is the cornerstone. When I am by sin oppressed, on the stone I am at rest. When the seeds of truth are sown, he remains the cornerstone. Jesus is the cornerstone. Rock of Ages, cleft for me, let me hide myself in Thee, in Thee, Rock of Ages. Jesus is the core.